let's get started. So we're on we're on 124a, and we've been discussing the different Mishnayot, the different Mishnayas that um, were written before they started allowing many vessels. So this Mishnah that we're talking about is, let me just open up on my computer. So, so the, Mishnah ta- the, the third Mishnah that we're going to talk about is a glustera. A glustera is some sort of peg that they would put in to hold the door in place. The Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah. If, um, if you have a nagar, the, uh, like the bolt, that peg on the door that has on its head, it has a glustera, like some sort of a, a, like a mushroom-like uh, thing that you could use it as, a, you know, as your pestle, right, to smash things. If Yeshua Eimer, he says you're permitted to take it from one doorway and put it onto another doorway on Shabbos. He says it's like all vessels and you're allowed to carry it as long as you're in the Chatzar. Right? So what do we see from here? We see from here that the fact that you were only permitted, according to the first Tana, to take it off and put it on a different door, that's the only way you'd be permitted to move it, is because this, is, this Mishnah was said before the before we said that you're permitted to move many vessels as long as their purpose for which it is primarily used is for a permitted purpose and this mission was before that time period therefore it was only permitted if you were using it for its intended purpose the fact that a meducha that we said earlier we said that you're only allowed to move the garlic press if it actually has garlic in it says we might where do you know this from maybe really what we should say to you is like this these Mishnayas are indeed talking about after it became permitted to, um, to use Kalim on Shabbos. So why is it forbidden to use, to use the, the, the reeds uh, to move them in and out on Shabbos? Right? Because the reason why they would use the reeds is so that there'd be, you wouldn't put one loaf of bread on top of another. Earl, who's about to become a baker, knows that if you put loaves of bread right on top of each other, you're going to cause the loaves of bread to go bad. So there's no reason to put the reeds in because over Shabbos, they're not going to end up going bad. No reason to put the reeds in. Maklis, right, for those sticks of wood that you put on each other's shoulders to, to skin the animals. You could do what Rebbe Lezer says. You don't, need to, you don't need to put the sticks of wood on because you could do it the way Rebbe Lezer said it. The Mishnah tells us about the, the knob that you're allowed to, to move it to another doorway. That's like the opinion of Rabbi Yanei. Then Rabbi Yanei, Rabbi Yanei says, We're talking about a case where the Chatzar did not have an Eruv into the Chatzar. If Yeshua holds that something which is in the doorway itself is now considered like the interior of the house. So if you carry it into the courtyard, then you're going to be carrying from the interior of the house into a courtyard that doesn't have an Eruv. Tarfin says that something which is in the doorway of the of the house is considered like it's on the outside of the house, and therefore like it's already in the chutzur, already in the courtyard. Therefore, you'd be permitted to carry it around the courtyard, even though the courtyard is not considered one domain together with the inside of the house. It is considered its own domain, and you're allowed to carry within it. You're carrying something that belongs in the courtyard. In the, you're carrying it in the courtyard. But the meducha, the case of the garlic press, we're going to have to say, it's the opinion of Reb Nechemia. Reb Nechemia's opinion is that you're only allowed to move something for its intended purpose. And if it's for its non-intended purpose, you're not allowed to move it at all. And that's why the meducha can only be moved if it has garlic in it. New Mishnah. All, all vessels can be moved, whether it is 
uh, for its necessity or whether it's not necessity. The Gemara is going to explain what we're talking about. Nechemi says you're only allowed to move it when it was actually required, right? So we're, once again, the Gemara is going to explain what this machlekes is. When we say it is required and when we say it's not required, what do we mean? When we say letzayrich, well, we're talking about like this. You have a vessel whose main function, the main purpose is for a permitted purpose on Shabbos. Letzayrich gufa, you're allowed to move it for its own sake, right? In other words, when you're moving it for what it you what you're permitted to use it for. And shalaylatzayrich means the vessel that is a, a, the primary purpose is a, something that is permitted to be used on Shabbos. Then moving it not for the sake of, um, of because you needed the vessel, but rather because you needed the space. That's considered shaloy letzerach. So when the Mishnah says you're allowed to move it for, for its reason and not for its reason, according to Rabbah, it means you're allowed to move a vessel that's intended purpose um, is, is a primarily permitted, then you're allowed to move it, whether you want to move it for the usage of the vessel or whether you want to move it because you need the space, you're allowed to move it. Um, you have a vessel whose primary purpose is something which is forbidden to be done on Shabbos. Let's say you're allowed to move it because you need it, and you need it in a way that's permissible, right? So the hammer that normally is used for a nail, you're allowed to move it to knock the to break open the the nuts, right? But to move it for the sake of the space, that you're not allowed to move it. But also Rabbi Nachemia comes along to say. And Chemia is more stringent. And he says, even something which primary purpose is something that is permitted to be used on Chavez, you're still only allowed to use it. Um, you're only allowed to move it for its own purpose, but not for the space. Not because you need the space. Rabbi says to Rabbi, I don't understand. Right now, you're talking about a case where you need it because you wanted the space. Because you want the space, it's not called, it's called something that's not required. You need the space. Why is it called not required? So therefore, Rav says, Right? So, L'tzayrach means like this. A kli, a vessel whose primary purpose is something that's permitted to be used on Shabbos. Whether you're moving it because you need the space or whether you're moving it because you need the actual vessel. What does not required mean? It means that even if you're moving it from the sun to the shade, it's still considered that you're something that you're allowed to do. But however, a vessel that's primary purpose is something that is forbidden to be done on Shabbos. To move it for its own purpose or to move it for the for the space, because you need that space, then it's permitted. But to move it from the sun to the shade, that is not permitted to be done. Came to argue. Even something that's primary purpose is permitted. It's only permitted to be moved if you need the space or if you need the actual vessel. But if you're just moving it because you want to move it out of the sun into the shade, that you're not permitted to do. Okay? So Machlekes, Rava, and Rabba, we really saw this earlier, right? When we talk about something that is a necessary purpose, does that mean to say a, a vessel that is Malachte Laheter, that its primary purpose is permitted, and it's permitted to move it... Um, it's permitted to move it whether you need it for its space or whether you need it for its um, uh, intended purpose. Or are we talking about the case of a klisha malach de la iser, that you're only permitted to move it for its actual intent, uh, for a permissible purpose on Shabbos, but not for the sake of just getting that space cleared. Whereas Rava says, no, that's not the distinction. The distinction is between a case where you're either moving it 
for uh, something that's permitted to be primary usage is permitted, you're allowed to move it no matter what. You're not allowed to move it from the sun to the shade. And the case of the um, primary usage is not permitted, then you're allowed to move it for, um, then you're allowed to move it, um, I'm sorry, primary usage is permitted, you're allowed to move it no matter what, according to Rabbah. But if the primary usage is not permitted, then you're only allowed to, to um, if, if you're only allowed to, um, to, to if, you, if it's primary usage is not permitted, you're only allowed to move it for the sake of Lutzerach Kufay and Lutzerach Mekaymay, for the sake of a, a uh, usage or because you need the space, but not for the Chama Litzel, not for the, um, not for the, um, for sun to shake. Okay. Yosef Rav Safar of Acha Baruna, U Ravuna Barchanina. Um, Ravuna, let me flip this over. Am I upside down? I'm upside down, right? I don't have a, okay, fine. I'm still upside down? It's <laughs> making me dizzy. Sorry, guys. Maybe we're on a roller coaster. How about now? That's better. There you go. Okay, perfect. Okay. Yasser Rav Safa Urav Acha Barhuna Ravuna Barhanina. The Yasiyak army, they were sitting and they were saying, Le Rabba. Aliba de Rabbi Nechemia, according to Rabba's opinion, in the in the opinion, what Rabba expressed as the opinion of Rabbi Nechemia. Hani ka'aris, heichim atatalinan. How are we allowed to move the plates on Shabbos after you finished eating the meal? You don't need those plates anymore. According to Rabbi Nechemia, you're only allowed to move them if it's for its intended purpose, but not because you need the place. So why are you allowed to move plates on Shabbos? Amulur of Safra, Safra says, the reason why you're allowed to move it is the same way, same reason you're allowed to move a chamber pot. Why are you allowed to move a chamber pot on Shabbos? Because it's gross. Since it's gross, we learned this earlier, the sages allow you to move it because it's gross. So you have a dirty plate on Shabbos, you're allowed to move it. Why? Because it's not pleasant to be sitting at a dirty table. You want to take it, you want to stick it into your sink and put the soap on so it doesn't smell bad. That's why you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. I'm going to say, Abaya says to Rabba, Limar Aliba so Abaya also asked the same question to Rabbi himself, the same exact question. According to you, according to your reasoning, according to your explanation of Rabbi Nechemia, why are you allowed to move the plates on Shabbos? Your friends already explained the same thing that applies to a chamber pot also applies over here. Abaya asked Rabbi a question. He said that if it's a garlic press, if it actually contains garlic in it right now, you're allowed to move it. If it does not, you're not permitted to move it. What's the case? Why are you not permitted to move it? According to Rabbah, you're always permitted to move something that's a, a, you're always permitted to move it as long as either you need the space or if you need its intended purpose. So why are you not allowed to move it unless it actually has garlic in it? You should be allowed to move it even if you need the space. What's the case over here? The reason why you're not allowed to move it is because you needed to move it from the sun into the shade. Eisve, Umar asks a question. It says, everybody agrees that if if you um, chop meat on it, then it becomes forbidden to move the, the pestle. So over there, it's going to be a case where you want to move it from the sun to the shade and not for anything else. If you wanted to move it because you needed the space, indeed it would be permitted. But that which we learned in the Mishnah, you're not allowed to support a, um, a pot. You're not allowed to prop up a pot on a piece of wood, on Yom Tif. And you're not allowed to use a, a doorstop of a, of a piece of wood on Yom Tif. A piece of wood on Yom Tif is considered something that has primary usage is permitted. Why? What do you do with wood? You put it in the fire. On, on Yom Tif, you're allowed to stick it in the fire. 
See from here that something that its main purpose is for permissible use on Shabbos, whether you need it for the sake of, um, whether you need it for its own sake, whether you need it for the, for the space, it's going to be forbidden to be used on Yom Tif, right? So what's going on over there? According to Rava, it should be permitted to move this piece of wood for any purpose at all, according to Rava, if it's something that's primary purpose is permitted on Yom Tif. What's the reason over there that is forbidden to use it for the support? Since on Shabbos, this piece of wood would be considered a vessel that's primary purpose is forbidden because you cannot put wood into the fire on Shabbos. Therefore, a special technical reason why over there it is forbidden to, to, uh, to move that wood on Yom Tif because we don't want you to move the wood on Yom Tif because if you do, you'll come to move it on Shabbos. Gemara says, even on Shabbos itself, it should be permitted. Why? It's considered something that's primary purpose is forbidden to be handled on Shabbos, right? Primary purpose is something that you cannot use it for on Shabbos. You can't use wood for fires on Shabbos. However, it's you need it because you need it. You need it for a permitted purpose. You want to use this wood for something that you want to, for something that you are allowed to do on Yom Tif. So why are you not allowed to do it even on Shabbos? We only say this idea that if something which primary purpose is forbidden on, on Shabbos, you're allowed to move it if you need it for a permissible purpose. If it is something that already has the name or the shame of a vessel already. But a piece of wood does not have the name of a vessel. A piece of wood has no, has no um, status at all. It does not even have the status of a, of a vessel. You're not allowed to move it on Shabbos at all. The Gemara says, do we ever make decrees to say that things are forbidden on Yom Tif because otherwise you might come to do this on, on Shabbos? Uh, Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah. Mishilin Peres Terech Aruba. You move the, uh, the, the Peres off of the roof into the house through your skylight on Yom Tif. You don't do that on Shabbos. So if you're not allowed to do it on Shabbos, why are you allowed to do it on Yom Tif? Right? We're, we're, right now we're saying that you, we make Xera of Yom Tov up to Shabbos. But here we see that you're allowed to do it on, Shabbos, on Yom Tov. You're not allowed to do it on Shabbos. You don't make Xera. For me, the Gazrina, is that true that we don't make Xera? <laughs> we learned in the Mishnah. Ain't been Yom Tov, the Shabbos, citizen. We learned in the Mishnah that there's no difference between Yom Tov and Shabbos except for preparing food. Implication is, everything else, they're exactly the same, which seems to tell us that we do make zeras from Yom Tif to Shabbos, that we make enactments about Shabbos, Yom Tif not being permitted to do things, because if we lie to do things on Yom Tif, we might come to do them on Shabbos as well. Amr of Yesef, Rav Yesef answers, Kasha, There's no problem at all. One of these is the, is the opinion of Rabbi Yezer, one of these is the opinion of Rabbi Yeshua. And indeed, one of them will say that we make zera of Shabbos at Yom Tif, but one of them will say we don't. The Tanya, how do we know? We learned in a Raisa. You have an animal and a child, that fell into a pit on Yom Tif. You're not allowed to shock an animal and a mother and a baby on the same day. Okay? So you can't take them both up out of the pit because you're not taking them out to shock them on this day. You're not allowed to move an animal on Yom Tif unless it's for a permissible purpose. Says you pick up the first one, intending to shach that one. And the second one, you're going to have to leave in the pit and put down food into the pit. So that it shouldn't die. They bring up the first one, thinking that you're going to shach. And then you don't And then you, ma'arim means to like uh, act with some level of, of trickery or cleverness. And then you lift up the second one. You change your mind. Now you want to shock the second one. But they want to both up. You can decide whichever one you want to shock. 
Mimai, what's your point? Dilma, maybe Eliezer only said that it's permissible over there. Maybe Eliezer only said over there that you, you have to take up only one and, and let the other one go down, stay there. El de Ashel of only said you're, that, that's what you have to do because you could feed the second one. It's not going nothing bad is going to happen. I'll just stay in the pit. But in a case where you're not going to be able to provide it with the right amount of food, then loy, then you're not allowed to you're not allowed to leave it. You're, I'm sorry, you're allowed to even pick it up. Inami also you can differentiate. Rabbi Shua only said over there that you're permitted to do this trick, the because it's possible to do this kind of a trick. Or it's not possible to do this kind of trick. Maybe he agrees that you're not allowed to do this. Elamara Papa, therefore Papa says, Lay Kash is not a question. Habeshame, Habes Hillel. One Mishnah, one Mishnah is the opinion of Beis Hillel. What do we mean? <laughs> what we mean is like this. Um, the Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah. Beshame Aimrim, Beshame says, Beshame Aimrim, turning the page. Ain Mitsian as a cotton as a little vessel, safer Torah, which is a rabbin, Mesilamatir. Beshame says, You're not allowed to take a kid, you're not allowed to take a lulav, you're not allowed to take a safer Torah. Into the public domain. And still says you're allowed to do all of these actions. Right? Now, what are we talking about over here? This is not a Shabbos, this is a Yamtif. So Beis Hillel tells you that on Yamtif you're allowed to do things that on Shabbos you're not allowed to do. Beishamah says you cannot do things on Yamtif if you wouldn't be permitted to do them on Shabbos. So if you hold that you make Xera, you make a decree of Yamtif that you can't do things on Yamtif because if you do them on Yamtif, you might come to do them on Shabbos. That's the opinion of Beishamai. Beis Hillel says we don't make this Xera. Where do we see that Beishamah is extra stringent? Maybe he only says you're extra stringent when it comes to a question of something that's related to a level of prohibition on Shabbos on a Torah level. Because when you talk about carrying in the public domain on Yom Tif, if you allow you to carry in the public domain on Yom Tif, you might come to carry in the public domain on Shabbos. Now, carrying in the public domain is forbidden on a Torah level, but Muktzah is only forbidden on a rabbinic level. So maybe even Beis Shammai would agree that when it comes to Muktzah, we're not going to forbid you to do something that's a Muktzah issue on Yom Tif, because you might come to do something Muktzah on Shabbos too. Maybe he doesn't <clears> go that far. Maybe he's not going to make a decree to, to make sure that you don't do something forbidden on Yom Tif, make sure that you don't do something forbidden on Shabbos, if the whole prohibition on Shabbos is only prohibited on a rabbinic level. Okay? The Gemara says, one second, the entire Isser of Mukta is all based on a concern of carrying. This is reason number one that we're given why things became, sorry, this is reason number two. Reason number one, we were given why the Chazal made things Usser to handle on Shabbos. Reason number one that we were given why Chazal said it's Usser to handle vessels on Shabbos is because they saw people were being very lax about the laws of Shabbos. So they wanted us to remember that Shabbos is different. So they said you're forbidden to handle vessels. Reason number two is the, re the reason why you can't handle vessels is because if you handle them, you might come to carry them in the public domain. And even Rav agrees to this point of Rav. Rav, Mar, if someone moves a, uh, um, a, a mar, a mar is like some sort of spade, uh, some sort of garden implement. If you move it so that it won't get stolen, this is called a tiltal It's called moving something, but not for the sake of, um, not, not for something which is required and is forbidden to do so on Shabbos. The reason why you're, you're forbidden to do that is because you're moving it completely unnecessarily at least what we call it necessarily, just so that it doesn't get stolen. But if you're moving it for the sake of its, um, 
for the sake of the space or for the sake of you need that actual item, then indeed it would be mutter. It would be permitted to move that on Shabbos as well. Wayne, is that a mixed drink that you're drinking there? No, it's my water. It wasn't on the rocks? No. Uh, it's ice. It's ice water in there. And that's what they all say. Aini, is this so? Rav Kahana Ikla Lebei Rav. Rav Kahana went up to the house of Rav, Amar, and he said, Shusa Likahana. He said, go get me some sort of, um, uh, some sort of, uh, uh, not a cheer, but a Shusa is, what is a Shusa? It's, let's see. Shusa Mitsuda. Uh, Mitsuda is actually a trap, right? So he said, go get me a trap, and I'll sit on the trap. You know, some sort of, a, <clears throat> like, an upside-down uh, milk crate, right? So, um, what do we see from here? We see from here that even though it's a trap, its primary purpose is where it's not permissible to be done on Shabbos. You can't trap animals on Shabbos, but if you want to use it for a permissible, for something that is permitted on Shabbos, you're allowed to move it. This is what he was saying to them. Take this trap away from in front of Kahana. You, you messed up the whole story. He never asked for, um, he never asked to um, that you should bring me a trap that I could sit on it. He actually said, move the trap away so I could sit down in that space. So we see from here that you're allowed to move something. That's primary purpose is for uh, something that is not permissible to be done on Shabbos. You're allowed to move it if you need the space. So you can move your car if you need to sit in the space. Uh, so technically, in, in theory, yes. You know, if your car, if your car uh, was able to be moved without... Um, Without starting it, or without, without having any malacha, let's say you had a, a manual, um, you know, an old car that has only a manual handbrake, and uh, you take off the handbrake, and uh, you were able to push it. In, in theory, you'd be able to do that on Shabbos, yes. But but to be honest, like th this is a incredibly critical gemara for the for the laws of Mukta, and obviously we aren't scratching the surface. So uh, yeah. We're not doing Salah Halamaisa right now. Another answer is like this. The reason why over there was permitted for, for uh, Rav Kana to move it is because um, the, the reason why he, he said it in a way of move it for the sake of me sitting down on it is because it was really It was really moving it out of the, from the sun into the shade. Only reason you'd be permitted to move it is if you actually had a, 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 purpose, uh, a purpose of getting it into a specific place so you could use it the item. So that's why he said, move it, so I'll sit on it. But really, the really reason why you have to say that is because he really wanted to move it because he, he wanted it to get away from the sun. So therefore, you have to say, I'm moving it because I want to sit on it. And he did sit on it. But if he was moving it, if he was moving it because he needed the space, then he wouldn't have even needed to sit on it at all. Ramari by Rachel, Ramari, the son of Rachel, right? This is the, we discussed him in the past. The reason why he goes by his mother's name, Earl asked this last time, is because his mother um, had slept with a non-Jew. Right, it, it was a. Uh, it doesn't seem like it was a uh, consensual relationship at that point. But then later on, this non-Jew ended up converting to marry her. So they had some sort of a, a, a pillows in the shimsha in the sun. made the rabbi came in front of the rabbi. Amalei, am I allowed to move these pillows on Shabbos? Amalei, shari, this is permitted. Isli achrina, he says, I have other pillows inside my house. So the rabbi said, it's still permitted because you might need these pillows for guests. I have even more pillows for guests. I see that you don't agree to my position. You show me that really you agree with Rabbah. Rabbah is more stringent than Rabbah. Rabbah says you're not allowed to move it unless you have a, a, a purpose for it right now. 
Rabba holds you're even allowed to move a klisha malachta le hefter, even even for um for for uh, for chama litzal, even just for santa for anything you're allowed to move it. But since Rabba has been so since Murray Bar Rachel has been so particular about the scenario in which he might be permitted or not, Rabba said, I see that you don't hold like me, you hold like Rabba. So if you hold like Rabba, everybody would be permitted to do this action. But for you, it's going to be forbidden because you hold like Rabba. And we know the famous, if you pass in like someone who's more stringent, then that becomes your halachic reality. milsa are like these uh, little uh, hand, uh, you know, things that they would use them to, to sweep the dust off the table. You're allowed to handle them on Shabbos. Aval shel tomorrow loy, but if you have a, a, a regular broom, tomorrow is um, is uh, tamar, right? So date, so it doesn't mean date. It means like the tamar tree. The it's made out of some sort of a um, palm palm fronds, and they would use them for actual sweeping on the floor. Eliezer av shel tomorrow. That's just even permitted to move those that are made out of the palm fronds. But my asking, what's the case? If you need to move these brooms because you actually are going to be using them or because you need the space, would Rav possibly say that you're not allowed to move it because it's a palm frond one? You're still allowed to move it. But Rav, Rav holds like Rava, who says that anytime you have an object whose function is really a forbidden function, but if you're moving it for a permissible thing, you are allowed to do that. So why is he saying you're not allowed to move it? Even though it is a palm frond, generally speaking, you're not allowed to sweep the floor on Shabbos. Remember, we're not talking about our floors. Do not try this on your wives. You are allowed to sweep the floor on Shabbos. In those days, they had dirt floors. So you're not allowed to use a palm front to sweep the floor because you might end up making furrows in the floor, right? So you, the primary purpose is something that is not normally permissible on Shabbos. But over here, you want to move it for something that it is permissible or you want to move it because you need the space. If Rob holds like Rava, why does he say it's not permitted? Must be, we're talking about over there, Mechamel itself. Moving them from the sun to the shade, that is not considered a permissible reason to move them. But if that's so, that we're talking about a case where you're moving her from the sun to the shade, then why does the realizer say you're even allowed to move the palm fronts? Well, he shouldn't say that. Nobody allows you to move a whose primary purpose is something forbidden to be handled on, something which is forbidden to be used, forbidden to be done on Shabbos. Everybody agrees you cannot move that type of vessel to get from the sun into the shade. You have to say really we're a case where it was What do we do with this problem of why is Rebelezer permit moving it from this from the sun to the shade? You have to say that even Rebelezer agrees that it's not permitted to move this from the sun to the shade. Everybody agrees that if it's talking about moving from the sun to the shade, an object whose main purpose is a primary usage would be forbidden on Shabbos about that certainly you cannot move it from the sun to the shade. Next Mishnah, it seems like a similar thought at first, but we'll see. It's, if you, you can't move, if, a, if food is in the sun, you can move that, though. It's just a vessel that you uh, that could be muxa, but it's not, because you're using it for something different. Yeah, so, so food items never became forbidden at all. Well, they're not food muxa, items. but you're, we're just talking about things that are muxa that you can use, but not for right. that purpose. Yeah, yeah, so... so. Yes, the answer is yes, but the, you're oversimplifying it. It, it, it really it needs, it needs a lot more topic, a lot more conversation. And basically, the idea is like this. There are certain types of vessels that at one point were forbidden, as we're learning, and then later on, they right. permitted the usage of them. So things that are in the category of something that was forbidden and then they permitted the usage is a question of how far did they go when they permitted it. An item like food was never forbidden in the first place. Right. It was always permitted right. to be used. Yeah, okay. 
Okay, new Mishnah. Any vessel that can be handled on Shabbos, the, the broken pieces of it can be handled as well. But only, only permitted to move the, the uh, broken pieces if they're also able to, to perform some sort of work which is similar to its original item was able to perform. What is this referring to? You have leftover pieces of a trough. You use them to cover over the, the piachavis, the mouth of a barrel, right? You have broken pieces of a, a piece of glass. You use it to cover the 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 opening of like a, of a flask. So Rebuda says no. It has to be that it does something similar to its original original purpose that it would have done if it was still attached to the vessel. What does that mean? So Shiva Areva, the the uh, broken pieces of a areva, some sort of a, a, a big trough. They only can be used if you're going to handle it for, for porridge purposes. And for those of glass, you would only be permitted to use it if, uh, if you're going to be using it for the sake of uh, pouring oil into it, which is what the original pieces of glass did when they were still part of a pitcher. Between these two tanayim is when it broke on Friday afternoon. One of them says that it has to be, if it broke on Friday afternoon, it's only permitted to be used on Shabbos if it's still able to do something similar, something akin to its original malacha. But if it could just do a different type of malacha, then it's not permitted to use it on Shabbos. So Mar The other one says as long as it's, even if it's only able to do a different type of work, but not its main type of work, it's still permitted. Shabbos, but if it broke on Shabbos itself, everybody agrees it's permitted to be used no matter what, as long as it has some purpose. Since when Shabbos began, they were considered to be in the category of muchan, of prepared for use when Shabbos began, because they were still part of the vessel. So then you're allowed to use it on Shabbos as long as you have any purpose for it. Everybody agrees. But if it's an item that broke before Shabbos, then before Shabbos began, you have to already define it as when it was already broken, it's already considered muchan for use on Shabbos. So then there's what causes a broken piece of a vessel to be called muchan for use on Shabbos? Does it have to be a broken vessel that has any use, any use at all? Or does it have to have a use that is similar to its original intended purpose when it was part of the entire vessel? You're allowed to burn um, vessels. You're not allowed to burn broken pieces of vessels. When did this vessel break? If it broke on Arab Yamtiv, ate some almond in it, and they're just pieces of wood, and of course you're allowed to use them. It must be that these vessels broke on Yamtiv itself. So it broke on Yamtiv. That means when Yamtiv started, it was still part of a vessel. And still we say you're only allowed to burn it if it's a vessel, but not if it's broken pieces of vessel. One second. According to what we just said, everybody agrees that if when Yamtiv started, it was still part of the utensil then it's permitted to be used no matter what. So why are you not permitted to, to burn these pieces of wood when they broke on Yamtiv? You're going to have to re-explain the way that we wanted to say the Machlekes. I'm going to view the Amar Shmuel. Yudah says the name of Shmuel. Machlekes is when it broke on Shabbos. The Mar Savar Muchanu, one of them says that's considered to be prepared and it's ready to be used on Shabbos. So Mar Savar Noiladu, one of them says it's called Noilad. Now we're introducing a different category of Mukta. Noilad means something which is born on Shabbos. It doesn't mean literally born, but it means something that only came into this type of uh, existence on Shabbos. It's considered to be set aside. The reason is because it's not muhan. It is not prepared for use on Shabbos. 
because you never intended to use it in this in this way on Shabbos. It's no light. It's a brand new thing. On the Arab Shabbos, we would have broken an Arab Shabbos. They back home with her. Every degree that's permitted to handle these fragmented, uh, you know, the broken pieces of the vessel, even if it does not have the same use as it originally intended, it's still permitted. This was ready, Muchan, it was ready prepared for this type of work one Friday afternoon. Tanichada, Masikin Bekelem, we learned in one Braisa, you're allowed to burn an entire vessel. So, in Masikin Bekelem, you're not allowed to burn broken vessels. A tiny enough, another Braisa says, Kashem Shemasikin, the same way you could burn Bekelem. So you could burn the broken broken parts of the vessels. Another Bible says you can't burn the vessels and you can't burn the broken vessels, right? Now, let's say that's one, two, and three. And obviously we're talking about um by the way, right? We're not talking about shops. Obviously, shops can't burn anything. One Brisa is going with the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. One Brisa is going with the opinion of Rabbi Nehemiah. One Brisa is going with the opinion of Rabbi Shimon. So the Brisa says that you can only burn it if they're fully uh, still whole, but if they're broken, you're not allowed to, is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Because Rabbi Yehuda holds that Neilad, something that's brand new to the world, is Muktzah. So if it's a, a completely whole vessel, then you're allowed to burn it. But if it's already a, a broken vessel, then it's considered Neilad, you're not allowed to use it to burn on Yom Rabbi Shimon says, even Neilad is mutter. So therefore he says, whether it's whole or whether it's broken, you're allowed to handle it. And Nehemiah says that a, a vessel can only be used on Yom Tif if it's still able to fulfill its original function. So whole vessels are not normally, whole vessels are only are normally not used for, for um, are not normally used for fire. So therefore you're not allowed to use it for fire. And when it gets broken, it's considered to be Neilad. It's considered to be a brand new vessel and therefore also not allowed to be used on Amr of Nachman. Amr of Nachman comes along and says like this: Hani livni de ishtayar mi binyana. You have a uh, livni bricks that are left over mi binyana from a uh, you know a construction site. Shari le taltalinu. You're allowed to use them. You're allowed to handle them on Shabbos. Why? The chazul mizga alayu because you could use them to sit on them. Shaginu. But um, but if he if he um starts uh you know piling them up vaday aktsinu. Once you pile up the bricks, then clearly you have already decided that you're intending to use them to throw them at the police as part of antifa. No. Did not mean that you you're piling them up because you want to you're going to use them in your future construction projects. Then you're not going to be allowed to. Um, then you're not going to be allowed to. Uh, th- I'm sorry. Then you clearly have set them aside for future use and they are muktzah. Amram Nachman, Rishmuel. Nachman says name Rishmuel. Charas ketana mutul taltul b'chatzer. A small piece of a you know pottery shard. You're allowed to handle. You're allowed to move it in a chatzar. The carmelis loy. But if you leave a courtyard and you're in the carmelis, the place where it's. Um, Similar to Rosh Hashanah, you're not allowed to carry them. So Nachman Idei Amar Afilu B'Karmelis. Nachman himself says you're allowed to even move them in a Karmelis. Rosh Hashanah Mleib. If you're in the public domain, you're not permitted. Rav Amar Afilu B'Hashanah. Rav says even Rosh Hashanah. What's the three of Mechlekes? Azar Rav Latamei. Rav is going according to his reasoning. The Rav Havika Azal Beriska De Mechusa. Rav was walking in the the main street of Mechusa. It's Tavai Misane Tina, and his and his we we did this earlier also, and his shoes became uh, full of uh, dirt. So his uh, his attendant comes and takes a piece of pottery and, and wipes off the dirt. What's going on over here? First of all, you guys don't even know what's mutter and not mutter, right? But you, now you're even trying to teach other people the same same uh, you know mistakes that you guys made. If I would be in a courtyard. Wouldn't I be allowed to, to move a utensil? We're not talking about carrying issue over here. We're talking about muktzah issue over here. Wouldn't I, wouldn't I be allowed to move this 
piece of pottery for the sake of covering up a, uh, a vessel. So over here, it's able. I, I could use it. There's a way that I could use it to to um to wipe my to take off the the dirt on my thing because I could have used it for other purposes to cover up a vessel. Um, let's go a tiny bit further. I'm reviewed. I'm Mutter. If you have the Megufas Chazis, the, the cover of a barrel that cracked up into pieces, Mutter will talk to Shabbos. You're allowed to move them on Shabbos. Tanya, I'm going to write like this as well. Megufas Shaniktasa, he, the Shavrael, Mutter will talk to Shabbos. The vessel, the, um, the barrel, and its broken pieces, you're allowed to handle on Shabbos. Veloy, Yisvais, Mimena, Shavrael, Chasis, Basakli. But you're not allowed to take a vessel and, and you know, try to make it plain smoothly so you can use it to cover a vessel, another vessel. Or to use it to put the, the legs of a bed or uh, supporting it on that. But if one actually threw it into a, into a trash pit, then indeed it would be forbidden to handle these, the, the pieces of the, of the barrel cover. Because once you threw it into a trash pit, you're showing that you have no usage for this anymore. If you no usage for this anymore, it has become mukta. So the, the, tomorrow we're going to be discussing the different categories of when you throw something out, what exactly happens to its status. Okay, so before we